Well, hello again to everyone from Sprott Money News and SprottMoney.com. It is now September of 2023. I say this every month. I'm like, where does the time go? Uh, it's time for your monthly precious metals projections from Sprott Money. I'm your host, Craig Hemke, and joining us is our usual guest, Christopher Mullen of the TechnicalTraders.com. Chris is here to walk you through the charts, give us an unbiased, objective view of where he thinks Things are headed in the month ahead. Chris, good to see you, my friend. Uh, good to see you, Craig. I tell you, folks that follow along with these every month, they they get a real good heads up as to where things are headed. You, Like I said, you do a great job of uh, objectively looking at the markets, finding the best asset now, the worst asset now. Um, all of that we'll discuss again today. But before we get started, as Chris has put up, you want to make sure you remember that all of this is brought to you by Sprott Money. SprottMoney.com. Uh, you go to that website. <clears throat> it's not just for Canadian investors, American investors, U.S. investors can go there as well. You'll find great deals on precious metals. You'll great, find great deals on storing that precious metal. And of course, you can actually talk to a human being too. You can see the phone number right on that page, 888-861-0775. Keep them in mind when you're looking for precious metal, at least if anything, give them a like, or a subscribe on whichever channel you're watching this, that helps them to spread the word and that helps all of us. Uh, Chris, let's spread the word on the markets, man. We are now into those kind of, I guess we'll call it seasonal months of volatility, mm -hmm. September and October. Let's uh, go right into your wheelhouse. What, as September begins, are the best assets now and what it appears to be the worst asset now? Yeah, sure. <clears throat> if we take a look at uh, our, our kind of best asset list here, at the top of the list is really energy. We've definitely been energy heavy. Other than the marijuana, the MJ ETF, which has had this massive uh, pop and rally, hmm. uh, it is a pretty volatile ETF. I kind, of, I kind of ignore things that have huge spikes based around news. Before it had that spike, this ETF was at the bottom of the list. It was like one of the worst assets now. Uh, so we're going to just kind of ignore that space for now. But when we look at the rest of where the money has been flowing, for months it has been into the energy space. We've seen energy stocks like the oil and gas exploration. We've seen the oil holders, XLE, which is just a more broad-based energy ETF. They've all been moving up and to the right and leading the way. And uh, that's because we've we've seen crude oil put in a pretty big rally. It's trying yeah. to push higher. And uh, really, we're seeing, you know, this space here is definitely coming to life. And uh, it's one of those uh, commodities that actually can do very well just kind of before the market kind of potentially rolls over into a bigger decline. We actually saw, let me just flip back to uh, oil here really quick. Let's go to the oil futures and take a look at the monthly chart, because I think what actually stands out in this uh, space here is a very similar pattern to what we saw in 2007, 2008. So we saw a rally up in oil, it consolidated, and then we had this blow-off move just before the stock market went into a, a major kind of decline. And it ended up pulling back down. You can't see if there's a wick that came down here. It found support in this area. And then we had a massive market correction. A financial correction was this lower half. Well, last year we saw crude oil have a huge blow-off move. It, it we had this consolidation before that, and we're right down testing this level again. So this level that we're at right here is very similar. It's hard to see it, but there's uh, a wick, lower wick in there. We're in this consolidation phase, and uh, we tend to see energies 
and and even gold do very well or hold their value just before the market goes potentially off a cliff, which oil would eventually go back down and sell off. So it is very interesting, this scenario that we have and how also gold is holding up near the highs because they're the two commodities that do well or hold value, you know, month, just months before the market kind of goes off a cliff. So it's going to be a very interesting uh, end of the year, I think, going forward. Well, and I'm glad you brought up crude oil because it is, you know, obviously it's a, energy is the biggest input and driver of global inflation, mm -hmm. not just domestic inflation. And it has been going like crazy. As your chart shows from 65 to 85 over the last couple of months, you know, that pullback you mentioned, I don't know how much of that is attributed to the Biden administration dumping crude oil out of the U.S. Strategic Petroleum Reserve. And so if that supply, temporary supply goes away, what happens? Um but let's watch that chart. Obviously, you've you've shown pretty critical support at about sixty five. What would be a very what would be a resistance level that, if broken, could send things to the upside? Yeah, I think I think resistance is going to be somewhere up around ninety three, ninety four. You can see there's a couple okay. monthly wicks up here. We had a bar trading through there. We had a a, low, a wick low, and then we had uh, another bar over here. So that ninety three, ninety four dollar. Uh, could become a pretty major resistance area on the chart. And if it gets rejected there, it could very quickly, you know, start to roll over and sell off uh, going forward. Very, very interesting. How about a worst asset right now, Chris? Please <laughs> yeah, don't tell me it's the GDX. Let's let's go down here. It's actually the solar, the solar space or clean energy, TAN or PBW. Okay. They're kind of in that space. They have just kind of fallen yeah. off. I mean, they're doing the exact opposite of crude oil. Crude oil has rallied. Clean energy has sold off. Crude oil is poking to new multi-month highs. This clean energy space is poking to new multi-month lows. So it, they're like an inverse play on each other. And uh, it's definitely just not finding a bid. I don't know if there was some new, uh, what's going on there, but there's definitely no one is interested in this space. Volume is pretty light. It's just, there's no interest in selling, just keeps kind of, kind of unwinding and, and driving the price down. As I sit here, people, if they can see my face, I'm just like, wow. I mean, I track the precious metals every day. It's all consuming. I had no idea that the tan, is that the tan? <laughs> yeah, that's the solar, solar ETF. Were we told that, you know, that was the future? Um, uh -huh. Well, yeah, okay. Let me give you one more. Can you pull up a chart of copper? Is that handy? Because, uh, you know, I mean, I, you know, I've written for, you know, it's brought money. I write an article every week and David Rady writes an article every week. And back earlier this year, I was writing about copper about once a month. You had Goldman Sachs talking about above ground copper supplies, maybe being extinguished, going extinct as soon as August or September. Well, last time I looked, it's now September. Um, I, mean, I don't know, maybe copper is being impacted by this lack of interest in, you know, that you see this retail equity or in, uh, investor interest in things like that tan. What do you see in that chart of copper? Yeah, it, it looks like it's kind of, it feels as though it's topped out. I mean, it was moving up here. It yep. really has a pretty clear level through here. Yeah. And you could say it consolidated and then it broke down and then it found resistance. And this, you know, this might be just a consolidation. If, if this lower level is broken, you know, we could be going right back down to three, 337. Uh, you know, if copper is going down, it could mean things are slowing. Housing could be slowing. It's a huge consumer of copper. Uh, it's a it's a good good idea of what's going on with the kind of the economy. So it's going to be interesting to see how this goes. But it to me, it's turned a corner. It's not in an uptrend anymore. It is really at best in a sideways consolidation in a fairly big range there. Uh, but the bias to me looks more like it's to the downside. 
Well, we'll file that away because long term, there's a, a pretty good correlation between copper and silver. Um, let me just check two other things uh, while we have the time, Chris. Yeah. Um, the TLT is an ETF uh, most people are familiar with tracking uh, bond yields. Uh, when yields are going up, the TLT goes down. And boy, oh boy, as yields have gone up over the last year and a half, you can see what's happened in the TLT. Um, now, here we sit, 10-year notes pushing toward four and a quarter. Nobody knows what the heck the Fed's going to do next. I'm intrigued because the massive short position of hedge funds in bond futures, like they're, they're guessing that bond prices are going to go down further and rates will go up. What does this chart show you? What are you watching here? Yeah, I mean, I honestly, I think uh, I think bonds are going to keep going lower. I think we're going to see yields. We're going to see rates potentially actually either hold their ground or go slightly higher. And, uh, you know, this is a, a perfectly inverse chart of the 10-year yield. Uh, you know, bonds have come down, tested last year's lows. It's, it's really just had a technical bounce. It really hit a very, very significant low. I think bargain hunters were down there saying, hey, if it tags that low, uh, I want to buy some and, and it's going to create a bounce. It's created that bounce. And since then, it's really just kind of lost. Let me just uh, rescale this yeah. here. It's lost some of that momentum. It bounced up and now it's just kind of in free fall mode. I feel like it's going to actually break down and sell off in, in a pretty big way. I, I think we're going to go lower. And if we look at that 10-year yield, like you just mentioned, you know, it, it's got obviously the exact opposite, a double top, almost identical chart pattern. And to me, I feel like we're going to actually see yields trade sideways in a range here for, for a little while, potentially, but the bias is to the upside. And if it does break, we could go to five, five and a half percent interest rates, which I think will shock and throw a lot of people off guard. That means bonds are going to break the 2022 lows. They're going to go into a waterfall sell-off and it is going to apply maximum pain to investors who have that kind of buy and hold portfolio, who have like, you know, 40 plus percent of their portfolio in bonds. They're going to see another potentially five, eight, ten percent haircut in the bond market, and that is going to hurt a lot of portfolios. Well, and that's where I guess what I'm getting at. You know, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, when I first got my Series Seven stockbroker license, you know, it was thought the thought was higher interest rates were competition for equities. Mm -hmm. You know, and and so as you know, if you could start getting five and six percent in a treasury, or just walk into your bank and get a CD. At a level like that, well, what do I want to take the risk in the stock market for? But, you know, the, the equities, we've talked about this all year long, is almost not driven by fear, but fear of missing out. I wonder if, or, I mean, are there some technical levels in, say, the S&P 500 mm -hmm. that, that you want to watch? Because I, I watched the S&P come down, break its 50-day moving average last month, get back above, but now it's flirting with going back down. I mean, are are you concerned about equities in general? Should interest rates continue higher? Yeah, I think if interest rates go higher, I think interest rates are definitely putting a headwind uh, for some stocks. Uh, I think investors are just starting to really actually realize that we're so used to like no interest rates. They're realizing, oh my gosh, yeah. I can get four in a savings account and get five, five and potentially a little bit in a, in, in a different type of uh, investment with no, almost no downside risk. So it's just starting to, I think, really pick up that that we can sit on the sidelines and actually collect a fairly decent return yeah. and, and avoid some of this. Now, the thing is, this year has been such a strong rally that people feel like they, they kind of have FOMO. They're like, well, I don't want to miss out on the next bull market phase. So people are 
feeling like they're missing out. So they might want to stay into the equities market, but definitely a lot more talk of people wanting to um, move to safety with a, a 5% interest rate. I, you know, we've seen, we saw a big move up here. It was, you know, multi-wave move. And then we went into yeah. a pretty big consolidation uh, for that phase. And really this has been another one of those moves. And this could be a consolidation that, that takes a little while. It could drag out uh, for another month or so. Uh, but the bias is still to the upside. I mean, it had a little bit of downward kind of reset. We definitely saw a lot of, we saw the VIX move up fairly significantly during this pullback. We saw a lot of people pile into the the put the, the options market. The put call ratio closed above one multiple days, like four or five days in a row. When everybody has, and we, we saw panic selling through the stock exchange volume as well. So when everybody's panic selling, and then suddenly we see them all betting using leverage to bet on falling prices, it actually is usually a short-term market bottom. And we've seen a very strong bounce right from that threshold. We hit that. I was telling my followers, I'm like, listen, everything right now is telling us everybody just dump their position. They're all betting, buying put options, betting on lower pricing. This is probably a market bottom. They're literally you know, doing the wrong thing right at a very emotional pivot point. And we've seen a strong bounce. The last couple of days, we had a bit of a pullback, but overall, uh, this should still be a standout low. This market should go higher. I don't think it, it's rolled over yet. I think there's more upside and the stock market might actually go back up to test the 2022 highs. I, I wouldn't be surprised if we go up for a double top. What is that, 4,800 or something on the S&P, if I remember? Yeah, um, yeah. if we zoom back, you can see it's right up here, 48, just over 4,800. Yeah, okay, so we'll watch for that. Uh, what on the downside do you think could turn fear of missing out into just regular old fear? Yeah, I think I think if we start to if we start to break these lows right over here around forty three fifty somewhere in that range, I mean, then we're clearly making a series of lower highs, lower lows, which is the definition of a downtrend. That will definitely kind of kick us into a full on downtrend, and the bias will be to the downside. I wouldn't be surprised if the market found some support somewhere around forty one hundred, forty two hundred. Uh, just looking at the chart, it's a, it's a pretty clear range. If we were to just kind of draw a box across here, you can see there's a mm -hmm. lot of volume that traded through highs and a consolidation. So that would be a spot where it'll probably settle out if it was to break down. But that's a, a pretty decent collapse from where we are. We're looking at a 7%, 8% uh, drop in price, which is more than enough to really spook a lot of investors and yeah. potentially change the major trend here. All right. Well, unwittingly, you walked right into my trap. <laughs> to talk about uh, gold as as our final chart, because you mentioned uh, downtrends and lower highs and lower lows. Mm -hmm. um, you can clearly see that on the short-term chart going back to the last price peak on about May the 5th. Mm -hmm. um, bear flags, is, which is a term uh, you taught me to use. Uh, they're all there over the last uh, four months or so. Levels to watch now. Where might we find some support? Where might that trend of lower lows finally be halted and maybe we start making some higher lows and higher highs. Yeah, I mean, gold's been holding its ground. It's really just treading treading sideways in a range. Um, I, th I think the, the key thing with gold, which to me, gold is a very different um, asset. It's almost kind of its own compared to gold and silver, for example, sorry, from silver and miners. Like when we look at the monthly chart of gold, Gold is testing and holding its value up near all-time highs. If we look at silver, it's the, it's the complete opposite. It is trading 
way down here, down 50 or so percent. Gold miners are down like, you know, 50, 60 plus percent. Um, so gold is definitely the overall global safe haven play. So, you know, the reason we're seeing gold hold up, I think, is because the whole world sees weakness. The whole world is nervous. And they naturally think, a lot of them think gold, um, you know, it's simply because it moves slower. I'd much rather store my value in a precious metal that doesn't move 5 to 8% a day. Yeah, um, right. We want stability. And that's what a lot of people do. That's why gold is kind of, I think, holding its value very well, even though we've had a very strong rally in the dollar index. Um, but to go go to your view here, if we look at the shorter term chart, where are the support and resistance areas? I mean, we're, I think we're looking somewhere around that kind of 1920, just under 2000. 2000 is naturally going to be a very strong pivot area, generally whole numbers. So 2000, uh, 3000, like all those major huge numbers are always going to act as a support or resistance area because people just see it as a whole number. But we also have 2100 or, or 1900. So price is usually going to ping pong around those, like almost like an apartment building. If you're above, you know, that level, then it acts as a floor. If you're below it, it's going to be a resistance area. And we're ping ponging around between more or less 1900 and, and kind of 2000. And um, gold's doing very well. I mean, it's it's holding up. And I think I think it could actually have uh, a push higher. I think we could go back up and, and flirt back up with these these highs even. Um, but overall, if we look at gold miners on the same kind of time frame, gold miners are are definitely making a series of lower highs, lower lows. It's just not finding the bid. And the big problem is when we have panic selling in the stock market, we saw some panic selling last week. And what happens is it pulls uh, even defensive sectors down. Gold miners, silver, gold itself all pulled back with panic selling. And that's what a lot of people need to realize, even though gold's holding up well. If we go into a recession, if the stock market has a bigger correction, unfortunately, during a bear market in a stage four decline type of scenario, it's almost always panic selling uh, by the end of the week. It's always more selling than anything else. And naturally, it's going to pull everything down. So again, I think if the markets roll over here later this year and we, we start a big sell-off, uh, nothing is really going to be immune. I think gold will pull back uh, to the lower end of its range which is actually a very bullish thing. You and I have touched on this many times. If we zoom back on the chart, uh, gold could very easily pull back down into the 1800 or, or even lower. And it's still within this multi-year consolidation that once this ends, I mean, it should be off, off to the races and really take off and uh, hit that 3000 plus mark. But I think there's still gonna be some weakness ahead uh, for gold and silver and miners. All right, Chris, tell everybody about where they can find you. Sure. Yeah. If they want, they can uh, visit my website at uh, thetechnicaltraders.com. And I share my my ETF trades on the markets and, and commodities and sectors there. You can just follow my trades. You can even have them auto-traded if you really want a hands-free environment. And I kind of do this uh, you know, every morning with subscribers. I share a video. We go through the charts on a more granular, close-up level. We talk about yesterday, pre-market, today how it affects our positions. And uh, yeah, so if you're, if you're interested in learning technical analysis and trading, copying the trades that I actually put on in my account, uh, you can do that at thetechnicaltraders.com. And I can go to that beach or get on that yeah. sailboat. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> oh, sounds good to me. All right, brother, thank you so much. I, I look forward to this every month and I would imagine the people that watch us every month, they look forward to it as well because you provide such great information. And again, please thank Sprott Money on the way out. They're the ones that foot the bill for this. Uh, SprottMoney.com. 
buy some physical precious metal, maybe even store it there, but give them a call, 888-861-0775. Chris, all the best. We'll see um, how that seasonal volatility is shaping up when we speak again in October. Yep. Thanks, Craig. Always a pleasure. Take care. And from all of us at Sprott Money and SprottMoney.com, thanks for watching. We'll have more content for you later on this month.